Christ Journey family, let's pray together. Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter in the stormy blast, and our eternal home. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence. We pray you will make yourself at home with us right now and prepare us to be at home with you by your Holy Spirit, by the gift of your Son, his life. We welcome you as we make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am so happy to be with you, and I want to ask you, would you repeat after me? Wherever you're making your connection with us today, take a deep breath and speak so as to be heard. Repeat these words. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. I've been waiting a while to say that. That feels good. And then Jesus, Jesus gave us this promise, and I want you to repeat it after, after me as well. Where two or three gather in my name, there am I in your midst. Amen. Which means that we welcome the presence of Jesus where two or three hundred of us gather, where two or three gather, that God's promise is that he is larger than space, but there is no place where we gather in his name that he will not make himself known. And so we're happy to be doing that today. And I've got another scripture that I want to share today. Uh, boys and girls, happy to welcome you to be with us, our families together. I, by the way, I want to say thanks to the moms and dads who are bringing their children. And I want to also invite you to feel free to bring a little activity pack, you know, if you need, bring a little notepad and a pencil or something that they can draw on. Sometimes when I listen to, uh, to grown-ups talk, especially in a church, I would just draw pictures of what was coming to my mind, and that might be what you want to do. And then you know what you can do? After you draw your picture, then give them to me. I like to put them on my door in the office or um, at home, keep them with me. So even if you're watching, joining us online, you want to, if one of our boys and girls want to just draw some pictures and then send them to me, I would love to see them and have them and share them with others as well. But one of the things I learned when I was a child was Psalm 100. I think it's one of the first passages of the Bible that I ever learned by heart. And I'm going to try to say it to you right now, but I learned it in King James English. Okay, so it sounds a little bit weird, but I think it goes like this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye lands. Come into his presence with singing. And um, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy endureth forever. And his truth continues 
through all generations. So this is a good day to make a joyful noise, to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That's verse 4, chapter uh, it's 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. That's what we're doing today. And some of us are doing it physically as we regather on our campuses. Shout out to Kendall. Feel the love. Pastor Ralphie, everybody out there, the entire volunteer team. It was great to see you at the block party yesterday. So happy to be gathered together like this. And then those of you who are joining us, some of us are on site, some of us are online, and so we bless you and we welcome you, and we're looking forward to the day when we can be together in each other's space again. And then for those gathered here at Gables campus, man, I'm so happy to be able to see your eyes. <laughs> I see your smiling eyes. I can't see anything else, but I see your eyes smiling, and I'm happy for that. And I want to tell you that I have missed you. I need this in my life. I need to see you. I need to hear you. Even though we're like singing through our masks, isn't that annoying? It's like I try to breathe in, to breathe out, and it's like, ugh, I can't do this, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm trying hard to do it. I need to hear your energy. I need to feel your presence. I'm so thankful for you gathering in our physical space and then for us to, but you know the thing that I'm gonna have to keep on missing is the hugs and the kissing. That's a downer. But that day will come. And then all of us, and I know I'm not the only one feeling that way. You've been thinking this. Have you joined online every week as I have? Man, I wish I could be with our church family. I wish I could uh, feel their presence together. The day is coming. And so we're looking forward to that day when uh, on site we can gather within each other's site and share the love of that. But until that happens, you know, we're learning a new word. We're figuring this out as we go. The word is fidgetal. It's a combination of physical and digital, and we mash them up, and what we get is both and in the same time, and in the same, necessarily not the same space continuum, but somewhere those that are joining us are saying right now, welcome to God's presence because he is larger than any room, we can't contain him or keep him out when our hearts are lifted up. And so when we enter into his presence, he makes himself known to us. Jesus said that God is actually seeking those who will worship him in spirit. God is spirit. So we're not confused about this. Even though we're celebrating today and a regathering on physical campus, what we know is that God is not physical. God is a lot bigger than physical. God is spirit. And Jesus said those who worship him must worship him in spirit, not just in physic, in spirit and in truth. Let's be real about it. And then King Solomon, likewise, he said, God is not, is not bound by location. God is bigger than our situation. First Kings chapter 8, verse 27, the heavens. He said, even the highest heaven cannot contain you, much less this temple. And it was a pretty impressive temple. The building where they were meeting was very impressive. But he said, God isn't contained by a building. So we remember that today. The first deacon in the church, he was speaking giving a, a testimony, telling his story. But one of the things he wanted his listeners to remember was this, Acts chapter 7, verse 48. The Most High doesn't live in houses made by human hands. And then once again, the Apostle Paul, he's talking to the intellectuals in Athens, and he says, here's something you need to know about our God. 
God, the God who made the world and everything in it, Acts 17, 24, is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he doesn't live in the temples that are built by human hands. So I'm telling you that because of this. We're not confused about this. We're celebrating being back in his presence, and he promises to meet us when we gather in his name, but God is not bound by location. God is bigger than time and space. God is bigger than COVID-19. Can I get an amen? God is bigger than the crisis that we find ourselves in at any hand. God is bigger. Nothing is too hard for God. In fact, let's say that together, shall we? Nothing is too hard for God. This is what we gather to say. Thank you, God. You are spirit. You are big. You are good. And though we've been separated by space, we have stayed connected. Many of us, hundreds of us, thousands of us have stayed connected in daily discipleship, walking with God when we're not in a space like this. In weekly worship, we have stayed connected and have stayed um, sharing our stories together. Many of you connected in groups, stayed in ministries. More to say about that in just a moment. But I've got some stories of Thanksgiving, in fact, from some of our people that have sent them in to us. So we're going to share them today as we enter his gates with Thanksgiving. We remember this. The message version translates um, Psalm 100 verse 4 with this. He says, enter with the password. By the way, any of you forget your passwords? It's like, ugh, what is my password for this site? Well, here's the password into the presence of God. Say thank you. So this is what we've come to do today to enter into his presence, to access his presence by saying thank you. And I'm gonna share some of those stories as they've come in. But before I do, I have a little bonus for dads. Dads in the room who are anticipating Thanksgiving Day already, I have some dad jokes for Thanksgiving. And this will kind of put you in the mood. Like here's one, knock, knock. Come on, you gotta play. Knock, knock. Arthur. Arthur, any leftovers? Now, you know you're going to want to use that one on Thanksgiving Day, right? Okay, did you know why Thanksgiving soup was so expensive? It had 24 carats. Where's a rim shot when you need to hear? Yeah, I heard a laugh on that one. I got a laugh, not just a groan. Okay, what did the turkey say to the hunter? Now, you have to think about this one. What did the turkey say to the hunter? Quack, quack. Get it? Explain that to somebody if they need a little help. It's a bilingual turkey. Uh, and, that, and so now you can see why my family says, quit telling Thanksgiving jokes, Dad. The problem is I just can't quit cold turkey. <laughs> now, see, okay, Dad, there you go. You're welcome. I'm helping you get in the Thanksgiving mood, right? But I do have some stories for you that have come in, too. One of the first that I'll share is one that I looked up. Um, there's a classic Thanksgiving hymn that says, Come, ye thankful people, come. This is what we've been doing, entering into his gates with Thanksgiving today. Come, ye thankful people, come. It was written in 1844. That's 176 years ago. And at that time in American history, you know what was going on? That year, there was a tremendous natural disaster, huge flood that brought disease. It brought death, unexpected. There was a war pending because of racial tensions 
that were in this nation at that time. And this song was written, Come, ye thankful people, come. The song has a new meaning to me, though it's an old song. The words especially that say, all is safely gathered in. That has new meaning. Being safe and gathering, especially when we're facing challenges like we have been experiencing. Just give the song new meaning for me. Let's be thankful somehow in the midst of the challenge. So as the doors are opening and we're regathering once again, it just seems providential to me that it would happen during this month. Happy November, the month of Thanksgiving, where we gather as a thankful people and we start counting the blessings of our lives. And I'm thankful my attitude of gratitude sparks first over people. I imagine if you were to start keeping a list today that you would then share on Thanksgiving Day, it would say, oh, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for people who are there for me. Hear young people say that a lot. You were there for me. You were there for me. I'm thankful for my friends. They were there for me. And then we start saying, but I'm thankful for my health. That matters a lot these days, right? I'm thankful for a job. That matters a lot these days. And so when we move, this becomes a house of prayer. We enter in with thanksgiving, but we also start bringing our request with us. We, uh, we start saying, Lord, would you please bless us in our businesses and our families and our friendships. So I just asked some people to uh, share, what is it that you're thankful for as you've been coming through this season of pandemic? The Williams family sent in a list from their entire family. They've got Kit and Sophie, who's 12, and Chloe, who's nine, and Casey, who's five, and then mom, Melania. And here's what they said. Kit said, I'm thankful, this is dad, I'm thankful for the talented and called of God-inspired leaders in our church who were able to adapt in the midst of crisis. I'm thankful for that too. When the whole world was, was like closing down, then the church was staying open. Now, not in the sense of public, you know that, That's, he knows that too, but the sense of community was never stronger. And I'm thankful, I'll say more about that in just a second. Sophie says this, she's 12, I'm thankful that even in the middle of the pandemic, I can still talk to everyone in shift. So Zoom shift has been happening, and she said we can pray and learn about God there. Chloe, who's nine, I don't know if we have any nine-year-olds listening in. She said this, I'm thankful for Highway and for all the fun projects that we were able to do. And then Casey said, I thank God for Kids Camp 2020. Did you know we still had Kids Camp in homes as our staff facilitated our parents to be able to help their children in that? And she said, Dahlia and Katya were cool. I had fun. I'm also so happy for my new Bible. So she got a brand new Bible, just like you saw from Bible distribution earlier. And then mom said this, Melania says, our family needs a little more time to come back to the building, but soon we will be there in person worshiping. Instead of using smiley emojis on the computer, we will be smiling behind our masks. I love our church. What a strange time we're in. But how wonderful that we can still be connected. And for all of the families that the Williams represent who have felt that and experienced it, let's just enter his gates with thanksgiving today. Say, thank you, Lord. 
Now, Kirsten Golan is another of our members. She's been here for quite some time. I got to watch her essentially grow up and get married and now have kids of her own. I am grateful, she said, so thankful when I think of Christ's journey as the place I call my home. During the last seven months, we've had to all make major adjustments. You relate to that, can't you? And we have known exactly what our next steps are along the way, thanks to Church Online. I'm thankful for Church Online. All the staff, the ministry leaders, thankful for a church that is allowing me the opportunity to either wait and see or come and see. And so for those of you joining online, please feel that love and welcome to stay connected with us digitally. But when the time comes for the physical space, I want to thank you, God, for the ones who are gathering to come and see. And uh, those of you who have joined us on our campuses at Kendall and Gables today, if you want to spread it around, hey, here's what it was like. At first, we felt a little weird and it was awkward, but now it looked like it was safe. Here's what they did. And here's what I felt. And, and then you would be able to share some of that. We just want to underline that you travel at the pace that you sense is right for you and your family, and let us be here for you as best we can. I want to say we're all so thankful for each of you, for every family that makes us the family of God that other people want to come home to. You know, that's really what was in my heart and in my spirit about this day. It's the people that make us the place we want to come home to. So thank you, Lord, for this people to be that kind of people. You know, Paul the Apostle also wrote about Thanksgiving. He said this, you should never say a prayer without saying thank you to God. Now maybe he, was, he knew the password. You know, this is the password if you want to get in. But he said, this is what he said. And I bet this is somebody's favorite verse. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all he has done. There's the password. Well, today, this house is a house of prayer, but we're also coming with our thanksgiving. So today, we pray for our families. We pray for our marriages. We pray for our children. We pray for our parents. We pray for our grandparents. We pray for our extended families. We pray for our businesses. We pray for the economy. We pray for the community. We pray for our schools and our hospitals. We pray for those who serve on the front lines and, and seek to provide as safe and healthy an environment for Everybody who is under their care, we thank God for you, but we pray for you. We pray for our nation as the election is upon us. These have been challenging days. In fact, we're at day 38 of 40 days of prayer. Hundreds of us have participated in every day for the last 38 days that I, on uh, my study break this year, wrote a 40-day prayer guide for us to use in anticipation of the election day, and we're on day 38 now. One of our, uh, our people wrote to me about that and said this, her, Nancy wrote this, she said, the 40 days of prayer has been invaluable. It mostly brings tears to my eyes when I think about the greatness and love of my God. Ralph and I are excited to be back in the building on Sunday. Thank you for making it a safe place, both by CDC guidelines and for our souls. Thank God for a church that is seeking to be fidgetal, that can be physical and digital, and at the same time, keep providing the space where we can stay connected. Maybe you stayed connected with your group through a Zoom meeting. 
with our women's ministry who was continuing in digital space, with our men's ministry, journeymen met every Saturday, Saturday morning through digital. You know what happened? We, we were really on the front end of this curve. I think this is such, um, I want to just say thank you, Lord, for a church that has a history from our founding of harnessing technology and then putting it in the service of God. Did you know when this church was started in 1926, one of the things they wanted to do that they committed to was using the cutting edge technology of their day. Do you know what it was at that time? The radio. This new box that you could turn on and turn up and then listen to this box. And here was a church that started without a pastor, by the way. It started by lay leaders who said there should be a church by that new university, the University of Miami. And then... We want to figure out how to use the latest technology to communicate the good news of Jesus. Our church has been doing that ever since. And so guess what? We had a digital presence before COVID ever came to town. And so when suddenly everything shifted, it was a simple pivot for us. I want to say thank you, God, for the visionaries who started this church and then for those volunteers who continue to step up and keep dreaming the dream to keep keeping us forward on the front edge of digital, physical and digital for a world today, not even the future world, today world. We did Financial Peace University online. We did a marriage workshop online. We did a date light online. It's just been like we want to stay real in today's world. And thank you to each one of you and all who connected and joined to help that happen. Then Troy wrote this. He says, I'm thankful for what seemed to be the occasional good moments in a tumultuous year. Can you relate to that? Hey, it's been a tumultuous year, but you know what? There have been occasional good moments. <laughs> Maybe you came in today saying, I could use a good moment. Well, Troy's a realist. It's been a year of tumult and turmoil, but there have been some moments Maybe that's where you start saying thank you for the moments. He said on the surface, they may seem like small moments, but in reality, they are God-sized. These are moments that he planned in advance, moments that point us to him. And it's in these moments that we are given the best opportunity to share his grace and to look to the future, seeing the hope that only faith in Jesus can provide. So you know what? We're not ignorant about the shape the world is in. <laughs> we, we celebrate the positive stories, but we also know that it's been a divisive time in our nation, and it, uh, it may yet be so for a while. So we continue to pray today toward a better end. The world in which Jesus lived and served was also divided. Do I need to remind you of that? It was racially divided. It was politically divided. It was uh, religiously divided. And into that powder keg of Galilee and Jerusalem of the first century, Jesus tells a story about a man who was giving thanks. Maybe you'll remember this story from Luke chapter 18. He said, two men went to temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. The other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank, thank you, God, that I am not like other men. Like cheaters and sinners and 
adulterers and this tax collector. I'm certainly not like that. I fast twice a week and I give 10% of my income. He was a tither. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven, but instead, head bowed, was beating against his chest as he prayed in sorrow, said, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then Jesus said this, I tell you, that sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, here's my observation, and I'm sure you're, you're not unaware of it. Political years can be years of hubris, not humility. That means human pride. Pride. And Jesus says human pride can affect, affect even the way we pray when we go to temple, when we go to church. And Jesus' story says, you know, some people, when they say, thank you, God, they're using it as an opportunity to put other people down. Thank you, God, that I'm not like one of those. They feel superior, and their prayer is really a disguise for pride. Now, if Jesus is telling the truth, then this story gets really scary here, because what it means is that people go to a religious space, they go to a church, and their prayers don't ever make it past the ceiling. In fact, the one on that day that people looking on would think is the public bad guy wound up leaving good with God. And the one that people looking on that day would think, oh, he's the public good guy. And Jesus said, oh, not so fast. He left worse off than he ever even realized. So this is kind of a Jesus telling a don't be that guy story. Don't be that guy. Full of pride, disguised as gratitude. And yet what he was really doing was comparing himself and exalting himself over somebody else. God, deliver us from that as we regather. And yet it's hard in a time like this, isn't it, not to compare and compete. Here's a note I received about responding to this challenging time from somebody who had been in service in the public arena in a year when seemingly everything divides us as a country. This is Frank Jimenez. From politics to pandemic, I'm more thankful than ever for the cross and for the man who hung there. Jesus spent his crucified hours loving and praying for those who were piercing him with nails and spear. And how can I look at the cross yet not try to love and pray for those who may not love me? This same Jesus, when asked who we should love, deliberately picked a Samaritan, the most despised and detested by the Jews. So how can I read his words yet not try to love, to treat as my neighbor those who differ from me and disagree with me? Man, what a word. From somebody who knows that democracy can be so messy, and it's definitely messy right now, and yet that's the price of freedom. And what are citizens who are kingdom citizens supposed to be demonstrating in a messy climate? Well, Jesus said the language was love, 
Not that it's easy, what he said, but, but John said, you know, how can you say you love God whom you can't see when you don't love your neighbor whom you can see? Thank God for a church where I inherited this value. The pastor before me said, here's one of the core values of University Baptist Church at that time, then UBC, now Christ's Journey. He said, we disagree without dishonoring one another. Thank God. Now, that's a challenge, too. We got to learn how to listen and how to understand and then how to speak. But there's a way to disagree without dishonoring. That's the way wives and husbands should disagree without dishonoring. And that's the way believers can behave who follow Jesus, even in a world like ours. God, grant us grace to follow you in this day. There's another story that Jesus told about Thanksgiving, though. It's in um, Luke chapter 17. It's about 10 men whose lives were a true mess. <laughs> and he made all the difference for them. So Luke chapter 17, one day, Jesus is walking on the border between Galilee and Samaria, which is the wrong side of the tracks. He enters a village there, and he heals 10 men being eaten up by leprosy. They had this mysterious disease for which there was no known cure, and it forced them into quarantine. Does that sound familiar to anybody? And yet Jesus, they cry out, they see Jesus, and he says, Jesus, have, me have mercy on us. Master, have mercy on us. This is a good prayer for a season of quarantine. And Jesus did. He healed every one of them. And then he sends them to the temple to be declared clean so they could end their quarantine and get back in the mainstream and get back to their normal lives. God, would you please grant that so that we likewise could get back to normal? But as they're going to the temple, one of them who realizes he's healed doesn't make the journey. He instead comes back to Jesus. You know the story? And he says, he comes back to Jesus and he shouts, praise God. I mean, you can imagine he's been sick. He didn't know if he'd ever be well. And now he's healed and Jesus is the reason. And so he praises God. He throws himself at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he'd done. There's the password again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Maybe you've got a healing that you should say thank you, God, for. But then Jesus says this. Or actually, at that point, it's when Dr. Luke tells us that the guy who came back was a Samaritan, a despised, rejected, corrupted throwaway in their society. And Jesus says, didn't I heal 10? I mean, and now has no one returned except this foreigner, this outsider to God? And then he said to the, it says, he, Jesus said to the man, Stand up. Get up and go. Your faith has healed you. That's an interesting word, healed, because it's the same word, sozo, that the Apostle Paul uses for salvation. There is another word that refers to a body getting preserved, which is what happens to all 10 of the guys. 10 of them get preserved for a later death date that we all have coming. But one of them got saved. The one that came back and said, thank you. See, this is a Jesus telling, be that guy story. Don't be that guy. No, be this guy. Be the one who says, thank you to God 
that God is there for you. Even if you're the only one doing it, then let your faith show you how to be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, some of us have lost loved ones during COVID. I know this is true because I have officiated memorial services for loved ones. Some of us have loved ones who have been hospitalized. I know this is true because I've made calls. You know, they don't allow you to visit your loved one in the rest home or in the hospital during COVID, but I've made calls. Some of us have gone through extreme challenging times of financial hardship, like this letter I received from a professional private businessman in, in our community. Dearest Pastor Bill, now when does a private businessman call you dearest? Something tender is happening here. Like many, for the past several months, I've been struggling. But I had retired but was, and was financially set for life using a market strategy that was ridiculously profitable and minimally risky as long as things stayed normal in the parameters. When the pandemic struck, I lost everything. And then he wrote in all capital letters, everything permanently. I was blindsided like never before. I found myself in the worst financial situation I'd ever imagined, and I had to return to work full-time. I had been laboring painfully to keep up with my living expenses, recover from the debt I incurred while I temporarily lived on credit cards. I now owe the IRS and et cetera. While in many ways I was blessed, I mean, I did have a job I could go back to, but all I could see were the negatives. I had fallen into a deep, dark depression, and this past weekend, I, I took time to find solitude and attempt to put everything in perspective. I prayed, I meditated, and I read your book, cover to cover, in three days. It opened my eyes to godly truths versus worldly truths. Worldly truths are, in fact, myth, maybe lies. I was happier than I'd been for decades when I was financially set for life and free to do as I pleased, but I can't say I was closer to God. Since March, I have found myself growing closer to God than I've ever been. Reading your book helped everything make sense. It helped me understand how and why I've grown closer. It's helping me to appreciate instead of mourn where I am. When I lost everything, I asked myself, do you want to put your trust in Merrill Lynch or in God? He said the answer was simple, but putting it into practice isn't and hasn't been so easy. Your book gave me the, con the confidence that my faith is well-placed, but I'm still fighting the depression, and I still have moments where my anxiety is crippling, but now, more than in a long time, I have real hope. I'm finding the peace that comes through faith. Thank you. There's that word. Thank you. May God bless you and may your book bless others as it has me. Thank you. You know what? Thank you isn't always an easy word for us to say because it, it makes us feel vulnerable sometimes. Like I'm not self-sufficient. Can't do it all for myself. If I say thank you to somebody, it shows that I'm, I'm not covering it all myself, and yet that's part of the magic, you know? That may be part of why God says, when you want to get a password into my presence, here's one, 
thank you. It, it requires humility. It's the opposite of hubris, the opposite of pride, where we, and, and that humility with faith brings healing. And isn't that what many of us are praying for right now is healing? It's so full of faith. It's so full of power. It's so full of humility and trust. Did you know thanksgiving is the antidote to pride? Because it voices humility, which turns it right side up. It's a password into God's presence. It's a way of tenderizing the hardening heart. People who study gratitude say this that it has a way of accessing an emotional connection and restoring the soul in a way that kindness promotes in a relationship. It's the healthiest way to think. I mean, what gets your mind gets you. Isn't that true? And there's so many things coming in that are wanting to cloud the view screen of my life. I, I got to thinking about this this morning as I was driving in. My windshield was dirty and, you know, I was like, should I tell you there's dead bugs on it, you know? What do you do when you got dead bugs and dirt on your view screen? Well, there's this little juicer button that you hit, and you hope it still has juice in it, right? Because then if it's not wet, then it just kind of smears the stuff. You know what the juicer is for your mind? When your mind gets cloudy and dirty and infected, and you don't know how to see clearly through the stuff that's coming in, Thanksgiving, that is full of faith and humility and hope, and you allow God to wash cleanly, cleanly the, the windshield of your mind, and then let every thought that has been shaded by the dark side that is trying to cloud you, the bitterness, the, the fear, the suspicion, the hurt, and you know what they say about hurt people? Hurt people hurt people. We don't want to continue the hurt. We want to promote the healing. And so no wonder the psalmist and the apostle and Jesus himself said we ought to get familiar with using the words thank you because they have a way of making a way. Would you pray with me? Lord, for somebody who's needing that way to be cleansed, right now, for needing the view screen of their mind to be washed. It feel like there's so much clutter, so much busyness, so much bitterness, so much suspicion, so much hatred, so, so, many, so many bugs that are just leaving their guts on our windshield. And we need some cleansing. We pray that you would teach us how to say thank you. Whatever his spirit is bringing to your mind right now, would you just voice that? Thank you, Lord, for my health. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my marriage. Thank you for my, for my job. Thank you for this country. Thank you for the opportunity to worship freely. Thank you that the regathering is starting. Thank you, God, that you have never left me, that you never left me alone, that you were always present. Thank you that I can stay connected to you no matter what comes my way. Restore me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me today. Cleanse me. Wash my mind. Have your way in me. And friend, if you're on the front end of your spiritual journey and you would like to know how to feel God personally, 
then it starts by opening your heart to Jesus as your Savior. How can you pray that? Like this, thank you, Jesus, that you came to this world in love for me. Thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross that my sins might be forgiven. Thank you for giving my sins. Come into my life. As you have risen from the dead, I now invite you to come into my life. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Now lead me as I turn from my way and learn to go your way as I make my prayer in your name.